He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> We are so excited for our guest today. Elizabeth Lister is a Canadian non-binary author with a vivid imagination and a head full of unique and interesting characters, that's for sure. They have published 10 books with MLR Press, one of which, Beyond the Edge, received an honorable mention from the National Leather Association. There it is. Ooh, bow chicka wow wow. National Leather Association International uh, for Excellence in, oh, wow, that's a long moniker. Listen, yeah. the, leathers, the leather community loves you, Elizabeth. It was uh, good. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Lister is joining us on the podcast today to talk about their steamy stories. Hello, Elizabeth. Hey. Hi. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. So hold up that book again, uh, because I didn't get to look at the cover as I was reading your intro. Well, look at that leather, Daddy. Hello. One yes. more reason. People should be listening or watching us on YouTube, not listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this uh, this gentleman is actually uh, from Ottawa. He lives in Toronto now, but he was Mr. Leather Ottawa 2010. His name's Mike Tattersall, and he's wonderful. And uh, I met him at a pride parade, my first pride parade that I went to. Of course, he didn't notice me. He went right past me to my cute uh, gay couple friends. (laughs) I I feel you. I can relate. Yeah, that's okay. But I introduced myself afterwards and I had, uh, I just had a book uh, was coming out. So I was sort of giving postcards out and stuff. And he was so gracious and so welcoming. And uh, anyway, yeah, we struck up a friendship. And then I saw this, I saw this photo that uh, Fernando Farfan had taken of him. He posted it on Facebook. And I was like, I had written Beyond the Edge at the time. And I think it was in editing. And I was like, I want that for my cover. So, uh, so I got the rights from Fernando, and uh, the rest is history. Now, you are going to be making a change, and let's just jump into it before we continue. You are going to be changing your pen name, correct? Yes. To A.E. So, Lister. A.E. Lister, yeah. So my, uh, my, I've been published under Elizabeth Lister so far. Elizabeth is my middle name. Allison is my first name. So I'm changing it to uh, A.E. Lister just to make it just, I don't know, for a change and to rebrand myself. I'm do, really going to go after the hardcore uh, stuff now. So uh, <laughs> I, did, I did write some more mainstream, uh, still erotic, but uh, not quite as uh, beyond the edge, I suppose you could say. Do you think changing your name to A.E. Lister, to your pen name, would, because it's non-gender, yeah, right? exactly. Where, and exactly. you write a majority, and I, I did cruise your, I didn't see, I saw mostly gay male right. characters. So yeah. do you feel like changing your pen name might, you know, attract even more? Yeah, because, so with, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not unhappy that I used my actual middle name because I don't want to lie about who I am. Uh, but I feel like some men might have not bought that book because it was they knew it was written by a, a female um so and then uh yeah i just i just like the sound of ae lister better and and again you're right it's gender neutral and uh i kind of I, I write like a guy so it just makes a little more sense but i i do have a character coming out uh with um pride publishing who is a non-binary slash trans character. Uh, so I'm really excited about that, and I'm so glad that they were interested in publishing that book. Well, we're going to ask you about that, but I just wanted to say I think the name change is interesting. It's sort of like the 2020 version of what you hear about authors doing in the 80s and 90s, 
where you'd have female authors writing under a male pen name because it yeah. sold more. How disgusting yeah. is that, right? But it was a, it was a real thing. So yeah. this is sort of a, a new way you, of doing you, that. You would hope it's not still happening, but I, I, I'm pretty sure it is still happening. And I, I was planning to write under a male pen name when I started out. But the uh, owner of MLR Press, which has published my books to date, um, said it's, you know, you don't have to. There's no reason to. So I thought, okay, well, I'll just be myself. And then I make sure I get paid, too, because it's my legal name. So. Yeah, right. Well, actually, <laughs> but, I don't know. As a gay man, and I, by the way, I am a Elizabeth Lister fan starting today. <laughs> I got to catch up on the James Lucas trilogy. But <laughs> yeah. uh, as Elizabeth uh, Lister, that would actually intrigue me because I'd be like, hmm, this is gay romance or gay erotica. How does a woman know what really happens, right? Well, and I'm sure this is a question you've had before. So how do you yeah. answer that? Uh, so uh, I've always um, had friends who were gay, male friends who were gay. Uh, and um, uh, when I, before I wrote Beyond the Edge, um, I actually infiltrated the uh, gay kink community in Ottawa. Uh, I started, to, that sounds very, <laughs> I wasn't at, uh, as planning as it that. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's very calculated, but actually uh, I just find myself drawn to these leather guys. I think they're amazing and sexy. So uh, I started going to the Ottawa leather brunches that they had every month and getting to know the guys and just talking to people about what they like to do and uh, my friends that were in a little bit more conservative gay relationships, they would tell me stuff and I'm a big reader and I've always been fascinated with, uh, with kink. So I've been reading about kink for the longest time and uh, it just kind of all came together. Wow. Yeah. So I imagine so you, when you write something, if it's a premise or maybe a chapter, do you send it to like Mike Tattersall, for instance, and be like, hey, how accurate is this? Maybe more so in the beginning, because now I feel like you know, you know what's going on. You You're probably a pro know. now. She's probably more a pro than I am. I'm right? totally single. <laughs> Can you give me some tips you, what yeah, Jesse's wondering? She probably could, or you probably could. <laughs> You know, well, you know, I, I didn't actually, I didn't. Um, and uh, I, I tend to be a little insecure. So I, I do keep it to myself. But then again, I was with a publisher. So they said they wanted it, they liked it, um, they ended up editing it. So, and it goes through rounds and rounds of edits with the publisher. So luckily, I was just, I mean, I just, I knew that I knew that I made a very strong effort to make it as realistic as possible and as realistic to the life of a kinky gay man, actually in this case, uh, three kinky gay men, as I could, and just kind of stepped out there. And then um, I was really honored when uh, a friend of mine, Nathan Smith, who writes uh, gay fiction, he's written a bit of erotica, but he also writes uh, paranormal and uh, sci-fi. We were at a book convention in Ottawa and he just told me how much he loved the books and he thought they were fantastic. He's written an amazing review on Amazon actually of the whole trilogy and uh, he thought it was so realistic and he also said um, that he, it struck him that it was the most consent-based uh, BDSM that he's ever read. So wow. that really made me happy because that was really important to me because I wanted people to know when they're reading these books that these characters, I know it's just fiction, um, but these characters are having a good time. They're not being coerced into anything. It's it's positive kink. Right. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people always just, regardless whether it's consensual or not, people just see kink in this horrible light. You know, and I use even the Fifty Shades of Grey series that came out. People are like, this is horrible. This is degrading. I'm like, but 
it's consensual in the movie. And yeah. some people like that. And that to them turns them on. Don't bash them for, you know. No, exactly. And I, I mean, I think that the Fifty Shades of Grey books did bring it into sort of a more public light. Right. Mainstream. More, yeah, exactly. A more mainstream, ang mainstream angle. Um, and when I, so I read, I read those books when, well, those books, that book, when it was actually fan fiction. And uh, when I started reading it, I thought, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be so good. And then she went in a completely different direction than I would have gone with it. So Beyond the Edge is almost my answer to Fifty Shades of Grey, honestly. Really? But yeah, like, this is what I want to read. I, I, yeah, so... That's a sexy title, too, Beyond the Edge. I know what happens beyond the edge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's got that double entendre. I love it. But because Jenna brought up Fifty Shades, I'm curious what you think is the reason that book took off in the way it did. There's been a lot of erotic fi like fiction, literature for Oh, years. for sure. So why yeah. did that one, like, penetrate? <laughs> <laughs> penetrate the market. Yeah. Well, yeah. she... So she developed a huge fan base for this uh, novel that she wrote on uh, fanfiction.net, I believe is what it was. Um, oh. And I was poor. We were broke. I was raising two little kids at the time. I didn't have money to buy books. So I was reading fan fiction. It was free. And uh, she had a huge following on that. Mm. And then somebody picked it up. And uh, she. so I think it was really, it was luck, a bit of luck and a bit of already having a huge following. And also just, um, I guess, tie, tying into some common element at the time of where women were just ready to read about this. I need to know about your process because I feel like to write an erotic novel, you have to be in like a special place in a special setting in the right frame of mind. Horny, you have to be horny. How, what is, <laughs> what, how do you take your art? Can you completely disconnect those two and just focus on the craft? Uh, well, you know, it's hard. I'm a mom. Uh, my kids, I mean, my kids have been home for three, four months now with COVID and everything. So it's more challenging now because uh, they're home all the time. But when they would go to school and my husband would go to work. But, but I honestly have learned because I started writing when they were little, little. So I've learned to catch uh, moments when I can and just write down what I can. Uh, and then it just... Um, it's my process is actually becoming more and more easier, uh, more easier. It was a good writer talk. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> becoming easier. Uh, I'm writing more quickly. That being said, like the last couple of novels I've written in the space of a month. Um, but that's just the rough draft. So then I spend another six weeks going through it, like sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph, making it better, taking out errors, adding description. Uh, but it's really working well for me. Like I've got, uh, yeah, I've got these two books coming out and uh, they're both going to be three book series. I just feel like the life of a professional novelist, of a professional writer is so romantic. And I don't know why I just picture you guys secluded in a cabin somewhere, a cottage. Oh, like, I wish. Snow in the background, candlelit, you know. Do you know no, the movie Devil? I'm Roseanne. stuck in the corner of my living room, <laughs> just right. typing on my laptop with the dog, and then I gotta get up. I gotta yeah. get up and let the dog out, and yeah, yeah get I can just breakfast. Writing in the bath with like the light <laughs> dim and candles around you. I can't you write have, in the bath. My God. Yeah, I mean, but do you yeah. have to get yourself in like a romantic sexual mind not, frame? Not really, because because the characters just bring it out of me. Right. Like I'm, I so I usually get a really good idea for a character. 
uh, with my book coming out uh, with Nine Star Press, uh, which is the first book in the Braided Crop Ranch trilogy. Uh, I'd always wanted to write a cowboy story. Oh. But yeah, but I, I like to be original. I don't like to write what everybody else is writing. So I was like, okay, how can I make a unique spin on a cowboy story? So I was like, okay, what if this cowboy from Alberta hears uh, about a stable hand job at a ranch that his friend recommends? And he's like, yeah, okay. And then he, he gets, um, he talks to the owner on the phone who doesn't go into details, but uh, just by some chance, he doesn't find out everything about this ranch before he shows up ready to take a stable hand job, mucking stalls and looking after horses, which is what he's done all his life. But it turns out this is a, a fetish ranch for gay men who like to play pony. So what happens then? Does he run screaming into the parking lot to his car and drive away? Well, no, because then there wouldn't be a book. Right. <laughs> so, he takes care of the, the, the men just like the he would take care of the horses. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, I, I love that idea. And I, I started writing it on a whim. I thought, well, you know, whatever, I'll trust. So you write a few paragraphs. And it just took off. And I wrote it, and I love the character. Um, he ends up in a romantic triad with two other pony boys. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. I'm, I'm proud of it. If that book becomes a movie, can I play the stable boy? Absolutely. Thank you. But that was going to be actually a question that popped into my head is would you ever try to transition to, to film or television? Or Well, the problem is if you've made my books into films, they'd be triple X rated. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong really, with that. Right. Not really marketable in a, on a grand scale, but you, you know. Well, it's interesting because I imagine, and I unfortunately have not yet read one of your novels, but I, it is on my homework list, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> he's trembling. He's been shaking I, I, this I, whole time. Because my mom has a stack of these romance novels by her bed. I'm like, you know, disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a, you've cornered the market with the gay stuff. There's not a whole lot of gay romance novels, at least in the mainstream. But when you think of porn, and sometimes you know those porn movies that try to string scenes together with some semblance of a storyline, it's like, come on, nice try. Is that how you operate? Like, do you think of the, the X-rated scenes like you just mentioned, and then you string the story together, or does the story no. come first? The sex comes from the characters. So uh, the character, I get the idea for the character, the setting, uh, and then... I just start writing and the character and they always end up having really hot kinky sex and I don't know why, but that's just what happens. Uh, and because I in it. our mind though, whenever we fill out a fantasy of any sort, it always ends up that way. But that's yeah, human nature. True. People like, are so was, scared to be sexual, but that is yeah. human nature. Our mind automatically goes there. That's it. And I like to write stories about people discovering themselves through their sexuality and uh, discovering, uh, finding out more about the people that they're interested in. Like it's on a natural scale. Like you meet somebody, you think they're awesome, you think they're super hot, you might have sex with them right away, but it's not a, an emotional connection. But then as it goes on, it becomes, they become more open to each other in other ways and the sex gets hotter and the kink gets a little more heavy. Thank you. Yes, exactly. do, do you ever feel offended if someone calls your work pornography? Uh, not at all. No, I, I call myself a, a writer of romantic porn, actually. Oh, I like man. that because you know what? I like romantic porn. There's nothing yeah. wrong with porn. There's nothing wrong with porn. And, uh, and I like the uh, one of, actually, I think it's Beyond the Edge. 
uh, is on a list on Goodreads, uh, best one-handed reads, and we all know what that means. And I'm very proud of that. Like, I, I'm glad that people get turned on by my books. I have no problem. I, I'm, that's my goal, really. Well, you wouldn't be in business otherwise, would you? <laughs> that's true. Um, do, do you believe in writer's block? Like, do you get, and then the reason I say believe is because as I was researching questions to ask you, it said never ask an author if she, if she or he or they get write, writer's block. Do you believe in writer's block? Because some authors believe if you get writer's block, it's just a sign from the universe to take a break and come back to it later. Or do you push through? Uh, so it depends what I'm doing. If I'm really trying to get some projects done, then I, I push through. And what I found works for me, it, it's actually harder for me if I take a, a break and put everything aside. But I will do that. Like I go on vacation and, you know, I do take breaks. But um, for me, what works is if I write, I try to write every day, but not a ton, like maybe 500, 1,000 words a day. And sometimes... Okay, like, hold on. But 500 to 1,000 words a day for normal people is like way too much. <laughs> yeah, when you much, said too so much. <laughs> Although if you count all my tweeting, maybe, maybe. Well, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, so sometimes it's like pulling teeth. Like I can be, there can be a situation where I'm not really um, into it. But if I force myself to just write whatever I can, eventually it'll, I'll get inspired and it'll pick up again. Uh, so usually that, that works well for me. But I mean, I, I went through a period because I, I used to write a lot when I was younger. And actually when I was a teenager, I would write my sex fantasies down. Yeah. And that's sort of, I mean, I've been writing this for a long time. And um, so I would, uh, I would write um, that sort of thing. Okay, now I've lost my track of thought because I just okay. confessed it. No, you were talking about horny ideas that you'd write down. Horny ideas. Oh, no, writer's block. Okay, yes. Yeah, right. So I'd written for a long, long well, time. Well, that was funny. That was just a funny <laughs> example of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, but uh, so I had, um, but I hadn't written. So I, I met my husband, got engaged, uh, had two children. And I, there had been a space of 10 years where I hadn't written anything except a few poems here and there. And my husband, it's funny because my husband said, oh, you know, you should write a children's book because he knew I was a writer. And I was like, nah, I don't know, it doesn't really interest me that much. Yeah. And then uh, this is what I'm doing now. So. Well, speaking of your husband, has your career as an erotic novelist, has it improved your marriage at all? Uh, well, my marriage was pretty awesome to begin right? with. Um, Do you so think that maybe it's helped, helped it continue to be awesome? Uh, maybe. He, I mean, he doesn't read my stuff, so... Yeah. Uh, not but, his thing. <laughs> no, it's not his thing. But he's fully supportive, and he has always been fully supportive, and he's my biggest cheerleader. And uh, whenever I have a book come out, he shares it on Facebook. My wife wrote this, you know, and, and I'm really pleased about that, and I think it's, it's great, because it's not his thing. He's not a huge reader anyway. Right. Um, but... He, he's been my biggest cheerleader and he, he thinks it's great. So that's amazing. Especially yeah. to, I'm assuming he's a straight male. Yes. Yes. Um, so good. There's good ones out there. See, <laughs> that's awesome. I've got him. <laughs> While we're talking about your family, has that caused any problems for you? Whether, you know, aunts, uncles, or anybody that has learned that you're an erotic novelist. That's like, Oh, you know, we're um, I'm too conservative for this. Not, not really. I mean, good, nobody, good. nobody's come out and said it except my mom almost. So when I did start writing for publication, writing these stories, uh, my mom had called me and she said, oh, how are things going? And I said, oh, good, I'm writing again. And she said, oh, Allison, that's fantastic. 
and then I said, yeah, it's erotic. Uh, it's, it's erotic writing. And she's like, long pause. Oh. You know <laughs> she, why she paused? Because she's definitely read a lot of erotic novels. Yeah, no, she wasn't. She, she, I don't think she was really uh, into it, but she was, again, she was supportive of me. And actually, she used to follow me. She's passed away, unfortunately. Aww. But she used to follow my posts on Facebook. Right. <laughs> so I think she secretly liked it, maybe. Well, she's proud of you, as all moms are. Yeah, exactly. I Do mean, she still, she wanted me to write the great American, the great Canadian novel, which right. probably is never going to happen. But uh, you know. maybe the great Canadian gay novel, Lumberjack. Yeah, I see a Lumberjack in there somewhere. Oh, yeah, please. You know, can I be in that movie too? <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be in all your movies, by the way. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? It's funny because you've got a plaid shirt on right now. You would be totally right for Jensen, who there is the main go. character in the oh. cowboy novel. And I already starts with the J. Yeah. Not that far of a stretch. It's but perfect. speaking about characters, is there a character you're in love with? Because you have to get, do you get personal with your characters? Oh, God, yeah. Is, or do, have you ever fallen for one of your own oh. characters? Um, well, I mean, James from the James Lucas trilogy. I love James, but I mean, I love all of them. Like I love all my characters and all of them come a little bit from me. Um, so in the James Lucas trilogy, you've got three characters. You've got the Dom, who's James, and then Tate is kind of like a bratty troublemaker. Uh, and then Sebastian is the sweet soul, uh, a little bit less experienced than the other two. And it all comes from little different parts of parts me. of you. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. That's so that cool, cool that you can take that self evaluation and make them into a story and is, into these yeah. characters that have a life. Yeah. Like with it's the trilogy, I mean, you have, yeah. Tate is another character I'd like to audition for, please. The <laughs> um, I think I could do that too. Do you, you can do the you can do the bratty uh, the bratty. Uh, I don't know. Can I do bratty? Yes, you are bratty. <laughs> yeah. He's bratty. Um, do you include your own sexual fantasies? Like obviously you modify them to be man on man, uh, but do you include your own personal like what you get turned on by? Well, I mean, it's all what I get turned on. By. Oh wow! Okay, well, yeah. stop the press. Here we go. We have a, a, a non-binary person who identified, born female, obviously, uh, that you say you like male-on-male -male action. And this is a battle I've been fighting with my straight girlfriends because some of them admit to liking gay porn and others are like, no, why would I ever watch that? So I'm on this crusade to prove that there are straight people out there that enjoy gay porn. Oh my, there's lots of them. And there's a, there's a ton of, of uh, women writing gay porn, gay, gay porn, gay uh, romance books. And there's a huge market for it. That's crazy. Yeah. Have you noticed an increase in like people buying your books and whatnot during COVID? Because there's been an increase in, you know, sexual frustration. <laughs> yeah. Well, also boredom. People are bored. Right. All of the above. Uh, I haven't noticed uh, that, but uh, I was very pleased that, like these two uh, contracts I got for my two books, with uh, one with Nine Star Press and one with Pride. Like I both got, I got those during COVID, and so they're obviously confident that their readership is stable and will go up. Hopefully, do you think you'll ever have a COVID erotic novel based on COVID? You no, know, I I worry that COVID is going to ruin my brand. Why? Because, well, because my 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 whole sexuality theory and and 
the way I present it is that there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with two people being intimate with each other. Um, and I, I do find it hard to do a slow burn. My characters usually figure out pretty quickly that they want to have sex with each other. Right. So with COVID, that doesn't, but I, I, could, I could see, I mean, I could work with it. I just don't really want to. But you could also look on the flip side and say that with COVID happening and, you know, when we get the second wave, if, when, whatever, uh, and people are forced, especially single people, to not interact with other human beings, then right. maybe they will look to your novels as their form of like trying to channel connect, like human connection. Oh, for so sure, for sure. Remember and what the relationships mean, are like. Yeah, so when uh, the lockdown here in Ottawa started, I was uh, just, I was probably two thirds of the way into the novel that I just signed with Pride and, uh, Honestly, it was the best thing that I could do was just write and escape the right. situation because I, the last thing I want to do was sit around and worry about what was going on. Well, and that's interesting because we talk to a lot of creative people and a lot of artists and a lot of them have, a, a few of them actually have lost their creative spark. Yeah, I know. Then, I heard other writers saying the same thing, but for me, it was just, I was so glad I was able to escape that way. Right. And then I've almost, finished, I've almost finished book two in the Braided Crop Ranch series. Well, actually, I have finished the rough draft. I just have to go back and edit. Every time you say braided crop, I can just see a, a man wearing leather chaps with a butt plug that has a long pony, like uh, yeah, my little ponytail. You're on the right track. I've got all of those props ready for the movie. <laughs> we don't even need costume. <laughs> He'll do it low budget, low yeah, budget. I'm available. Um, but you know I don't know that you even need to include COVID like I feel with erotic fiction or even stand-up comedy or what even this podcast people are looking for an escape from COVID we're inundated with it so you know you don't need to go but like I'm just thinking a sexy book about a couple that just started dating and COVID happened and they got put on lockdown and all the trials and tribulations of their relationship no I'm I'm living that I don't want to write about (laughs) that God, it's horrible. How old are your kids? Uh, So my kids now are, my son is 13 and my daughter is 16. Oh, bless your heart. You have a 16-year-old daughter. (laughs) But at least they can entertain themselves. I feel like I really... Yeah, exactly. I mean, easy for me to say I have two chihuahuas, no children. (laughs) Although they can be a handful. But I feel really bad for the parents of young kids right now. Oh, yes. 13, 16 probably want nothing to do with you anyway. (laughs) No, it's not not difficult uh, with them. Yeah, my my brother in Toronto has two little ones, uh, three and six or seven so yeah he's uh he's having a rough time but he's glad he's got two of them so they can play with each other <laughs> right uh okay so what what made you start male on male is that because of your personal interest or did you start with heterosexual stories first um i mean i've written some heterosexual stuff but just like just for myself just and just because i didn't sort of i didn't let myself go uh to the male male but as soon as i saw that I wasn't, a, it was almost like coming out. Like I realized that I wasn't alone and I wasn't a weirdo for liking that. And yeah. uh, so then there, I realized when I was reading fan fiction, um, it was funny because there was a, a group of stories that were called slash fan fiction. And I always thought that meant horror. So right. I'm not into at all. So I avoided them like the plague. And then so, somehow I found out that slash fan fiction was male, male fiction which oh. started started because of Spock and Kirk. 
it would be Spock having a romantic uh, relationship with Kirk. So they would say Spock with a slash Kirk, and yeah. they didn't know it was. I had so to they, whisper to him that it was Star Trek because he I didn't like, know Spock. I knew Spock. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so once I realized that was what, what it was, what it was, I started reading it, and I was like, oh my god, like this is amazing, and I could totally write this, and I would love to write this, and uh, and then I found out about MLR Press. And I basically wrote exposure for them and they liked it and they published it. And I, I loved writing it and I never turned back. And I don't think I could write, I don't think I could write a straight romance. Like I just, right. I just can't like the closest I've come is my character of Nick in, uh, in uh, the book coming out with uh, pride publishing. It's called various persuasions. Right. And that's the, and that's, I love that character. I think he, she, she, he is amazing. And um Oh, so this is the non-binary character you yeah. mentioned. I well, I was, and I was just going to yeah. ask you about that too, is you've done most mostly gay, like your biggest publications have been gay, male, yeah. erotica. But right. now with the spectrum being so broad and yeah. you yourself identifying as non-binary, do you plan to expand your horizons? Because you are said you're going to do like a non-binary trans book, yes. which is amazing, yeah. but there's so much more. So are you going to continue to just explore every single color of that rainbow uh well i mean every every part of it that i can identify with yeah so right. um i mean and and even one of the characters in uh the james lucas tri trilogy that everybody assumes is gay turns out to be bi um you know it's i i have a really hard time putting things in boxes and i've given right. myself a couple of labels now but i never thought in terms of labels before and it's just like it's everything is a sexuality is a spectrum uh, and you can be anywhere on it. And there's nothing wrong with being bisexual. There's nothing wrong with being transgender. There's nothing wrong with being asexual. Just be yourself, be who you are, love who you love. I think that's a product also of our like age generation too on different levels. We always had to label something. Whereas Jesse right. and I have talked many times about kids now and high school in their young 20s who don't even identify with anything. Like they're just like, I just like sleep with who I want to sleep with. Well, yeah. 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 And I think we are leaning more towards that direction where there, you don't have to be gay or straight or bi. It's just, I am what That's I right. am and I'm going to sleep with who I want to sleep with. <laughs> but if you're asexual, then A.E. Lister's books might not be for you. Right. <laughs> Hey, how kinky do you get? Have you ever written a scene that sort of frightened you? Like you didn't know it was inside of you to get uh, that violent? Not really. I always have known I'm pretty kinky. At least my brain is. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, yeah, never mind. I don't want to talk about my personal life. Right. <laughs> we do. We do. Well, you know, um, yeah, I've tried some things out and, uh, yeah, but, um, but it, yeah, I've got a dirty mind. I've got a kinky mind and I just love the variety and the ways that people can be with each other. And I like the, um, the power dynamic. So in, a, in some of my books as well, Beyond the Edge, I guess. So you've got a dynamic where the dom is in control and the two subs and then, but then they're switching. So sometimes one sub takes over as the dom for the other sub. Mm. And uh, it's, I just love like shifting it around and, and making it um, different. And, and the characters are, are sort of exploring different parts of themselves because I feel like everybody has a little bit of wanting to be in control and everybody's got a little bit of wanting to be submissive and... Have you ever surprised yourself with what you've written? Like go, oh, shoot, I didn't even know my mind could have gone there. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, sometimes 
if it's a good scene, I'll be like, holy shit, that's amazing. That's so hot. (laughs) What do you uh, think is your most like your steamiest book you've ever written? The one where you were like, wow, I knocked it out of the park. Well, both the ones that are in production right now. Oh, Uh, okay. Well, I mean, and Beyond the Edge. Beyond the Edge will always be my classic, uh, you know, uh, kink novel. So for people new to the AE Lister fan base, myself, uh, (laughs) which book should I start with? Beyond the Edge? Beyond the Edge. All right. Beyond the Edge. But yeah, so the two that I have in production right now, because because I always, um, you know, I grow as an author. But yeah, like they're they're pretty darn kinky, but they're not like they're not dark. People have called my stories dark before, and they're not dark. They're very positive. They're sex positive. They're very romantic, but but not in a not in a smooshy uh, cheesy way. Again, I think it's the stigma around anything that's outside of vanilla sex. Everyone thinks there's a dark aspect to it. Where yeah, it's like, it's exactly. not dark. Exactly. It's just what turns me on. How yeah. can something that turns me on be dark? Yeah. Like, And honestly, yeah. I, never set out, I never set out originally to write romance. Uh, I just wanted to write really sexy books. And somehow my characters just always seem to fall for each other. Right. Do you, you mentioned um, somebody called your books dark. So do you read your own reviews? Because I imagine that could be, you know, hard, but also funny because at the same time, it is erotic fiction. So like everybody let's settle down and yeah. stop taking this so seriously. Yeah, uh, I do read. I, I read them more when I was starting out. Uh, and I, of course, I love the good reviews um, and the bad reviews. Yeah, they just make me laugh now. And uh, some of them more than others, because if somebody takes the time to put gifts and pictures in to tell me how much they hated the book, I just, I'm laughing my head off because you spent all that time just to, uh, and I don't even finish books I don't like, right? Like I'll read right. three, three chapters. If I don't like it, I put it away. So I just, I don't understand. And then if you go on Goodreads and you go to Bram Stoker's Dracula or you go to like classic works of literature, they all have one star reviews. So I don't take them to heart and I know my stuff isn't going to be for everyone. Um, but I, I like to read my good reviews and I try to ignore my bad reviews. <laughs> Smart. That's good advice. It is still art and it is subjective. So you're always going to have yeah. people that love it and people that hate it. Exactly. Are you, are you ever afraid of running out of ideas? No, not right now. I've got, I'm, I'm even thinking about a project beyond. So, so uh, the braided crop ranch trilogy is going to be three books. The persuasions trilogy with the non-binary character will be three books. And now I'm embarking on uh, an idea for uh, one set in the Victorian times, uh, kinky Victorians, anyone? Uh, Henry the eighth queer sexuality in Victorian England. Which was huge. Yeah. I, as someone who's like big on Victorian, you didn't know this about me. I'm such a big history nerd when it comes to that stuff. But homosexuality was huge back then. Yeah. Huge. It just was never talked about. Yeah, exactly. Albeit a little stinky, maybe pre deal Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was very smelly in the middle. Like, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. Time, yeah. So it was very smelly. A.E. Lister, I can't wait to see these. I can't wait to get started. I'm not joking. I am really Well, good. I hope you do read them. And you know, if you ever need a cover model, can you tell I need work? Can you? <laughs> <laughs> You're perfect. You'd be lovely. Thank also, you. now I got to blame you because I'm not going to hear from him for two weeks. <laughs> He's going to be locked in his apartment with his books <laughs> and his two balloons. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. I You're absolutely love what you do. I think it's amazing. And that you're well, able. Thanks so much for 
Thanks for having me. Yeah. And um, we're going to post everything, all your links, all the links to your books. I'm sure that uh, you'll get a few a few purchases from our, our, our fans. I hope so. Right. Yeah, I should say that people can find me at uh, aelister.com. And uh, on Twitter, I'm at Lisbeth Lister. And that's one S, T-E-R-L-I-S-T-E-R. That's right. It's kind of a sexy name too, Lister. A.E. Lister sounds like a channel you would go to watch erotic stuff on TV. Yes. Perfect. A.E. Lister, cheers. Okay, cheers. I just got water. There we go. Cheers, (laughs) stay horny. Okay, bye.